What's up, everybody? You are back with another episode of If the Truth Be Told, episode number seven, which is Siete in Spanish. Am I correct with that? You sure? Yep, I am. I'm, I'm right. Okay, let's go. Um, we got some awesome people sitting in with me. We got the Dapper Don, Vince Lamar, Clothier in the building. Say, what's up, Vince? What's going on, everybody? All right, all right. And we got another person new to podcasting, a very close friend of mine, Miss Chanel. What's going on, Miss Chanel? What's up? What's up? It's good to hear your voice, ma'am. Good to have you here with another episode of The Truth Be Told. We got an awesome, awesome episode for you, and we're going to be talking about something very serious, which may get a little dicey in here. I want everyone to know this is the rules of engagement is... We can't get offended over this subject, all right? Is that cool? Cool. Number two, we can't put out actual names or actual names of churches if you have an example. Is that cool? Cool. Perfect. All right. So before we do anything, we want to have prayer, and we have a special guest prayer on today, uh, Pastor Earl Simmons. So we're going to have him pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. I gotta leave you with this. Let's go. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, I need to be rescued. No one can get it done except you. Mm. Please tell me to test this through. I did my best too, as I could, as I should. Knock on wood, then I'm hood, then I'm good, because he knows my heart. And what grows from the start, glows in the dark. Knows from the start, I was chosen this part. When you're smart, won't always bite, but knows when the bark. Rose in the dark, caught a glimpse of the light. Now I can't live without it, man. This ain't right, so I'ma give it to Jesus, cause it ain't my fight. I wanna make it to the light. Please make it all right. And ain't nobody but you taking my life. Cause I know not many do make it through the fight. But there still are many who walk with your grace. Cause I know we're plenty who walk with your face in their minds and their hearts with the word on their lips, but still stray from the herd. I'm sure you've heard how it gets, cause the word is a gift that'll break any yoke, stronghold, a bond down to a third of its strength. When you're free in the name of Jesus, you're free indeed, or you need. All right, we got enough of that. Thank you, Mr. DMX, for the prayer on today. So let's talk about some current events. Some things I've been meaning to get to that I have not had an opportunity to talk about. You know what, Ty? Before we jump into um, the current events, yes, sir. I didn't feel like you really welcomed me to the show like you did the first few times. Oh, man. Now, I'm so I, I, sorry, now, I, man. I'm still a guest. Yes. But, yes. Um, what are you my know, manners? I, I know I frequent the show, but <laughs> I, I'm still a guest. I mean, c- c- come on now. So you, Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, elderly and the babies, <laughs> we have the phenomenal, the fantastic, the anointed, the uh, the second coming. All of that. All talk, of that. Talk that talk. Talk that oh, talk. talk that this talk. young man has been clothing people, <laughs> fitting people, getting them squared away for the spring season. My man, the one and only... Vince Lamar. Vince, his eminence, Vince Lamar. <laughs> Boom. Okay, now we can get started. Oh, no, my God. Chanel, it was all of that. Chanel, do you need me to change? No, those? I promise you I don't. <laughs> we, okay, we're good to go. We're good to go. We straight? We on the same path. We good. All right. Let's talk about Adrian Broner and uh, Andrew Caldwell. <laughs> so, uh, Mother Caldwell was very uh, upset. Don't don't look at me like Ding. that. 
Don't look at me like that. I promise. I promise you. If I'm having a bad day, I look at his Facebook and look at the comments when he goes live, and I'm just sitting at my desk, just crying, laughing the whole time. But he was upset. Well, Adrian Broner said that each one of each other was in each other's inbox, trying to talk to who. I don't know. This is a mess. I don't want nobody to get their teeth knocked out. What do you guys think? You don't want to know what I think. I want to know what you think. I think Adrian Brenner was in his inbox. Stop it. Are you serious? I do. You think so? I think they was having a whole conversation. I do. God. Let, don't let it be so. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. No, don't don't act like that. What? Don't <laughs> I, be like I, that. But I you, don't. You're being so political right now. You're being so political. Do I, you think I, that I they were in each other? I have an image to protect. Back to you, Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so I don't. <laughs> I don't care. I think that is crazy. I don't think they was in his inbox, but I think Andrew was hitting him up allegedly. Again, this is allegedly because I don't want to get sued. Right. I think he was hitting him up. That's my whole mindset. Well, whoever hit who up, the the fact remains that they had a conversation. Facts. Facts. There was there was there was some conversation. He replied, "It's a conversation." Ugh. But uh, don't get me wrong; you can conversate with whoever you want. But after y'all get done conversating, don't be out exposing the DMs and all this stuff and and all. This. It, just keep it between the two of y'all. So I don't the care. Deal. Who did the exposing? Who did the exposing? Adrian. He did expose. He exposed it. He said that he wanted them out of his his out of his inbox. See, that's the sort of stuff I'm talking about. They they don't need to have that conversation. I think that's sideways. I think people are having. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, should I really be talking about this? Should I really be talking? About, no, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Guy, if you're going to shoot your shot, maybe that's a phone call that needs to be made, not a DM. Don't look at me get like that. Get rid of the evidence? They'll get rid of the evidence. <laughs> People are leaving too much evidence when you shoot your shot. I don't condone certain behaviors. We're not going to go into that. Well, but I'm like this. Maybe you shouldn't be doing it at all, man. Exactly. Just, just point blank, period. I mean, I I view it like this. Um, a lot of times, you, your, your niceness mm-hmm. can be taken for something else and it's like no i was just being nice because i'm a friendly person that's true or you know like if somebody inbox you i don't necessarily know what you want or what you need um after a few you know follow-up words that's when i can decipher like okay this is not business related let me exit this conversation now thank you um, and block and, and block and block and block. Um, and honestly, that happens quite more often than I would like. Have you had to put the block on somebody? You don't have to go into a specific, but you ever had to just put the block on somebody, mm-hmm. like a, the Kimbe Matumbo? S- on see, your... the thing is with me is a lot of times, um, if you come in with sideways, I don't respond. Okay. I don't clap back. I don't do any of that. You're just simply blocked. See, that's the, that's the Christian way to do it. But that's if. So I was looking at all of the little clips and the side conversations and reading the little articles about the situation. And basically what you said, Vince, is what everybody else is saying. You know, Adrian, you have an image to uphold 
why like why go out and just like snap off and get all this crap started and then when Andrew claps back you know you you steadily going into this conversation or this consistent uh banter back and forth block and move on and with move your life on. and be done with it like you're the one that's getting ready to lose whatever else you got because now it's looking like something it probably wasn't ever intended for because here's the situation this young man is known for having uh being delivered delivered with in his words and delivered um from his past life of homosexuality and now you're looking like you're bashing homosexuals you're you're looking absolutely and so you know what are you have what are you gaining and or what are you going to lose from this banter is it even necessary honestly in my opinion as it relates to andrew caldwell um based off of his character um and this has nothing to do with his sexual orientation or preference um his character like you went like i know you because you went viral yeah and not for a good thing correct but you know because you were giving us a show um so it's like off the strength of that like a reality star has uh, I don't want to say this to sound mean, but a reality star to me has no credibility. Yeah. Versus somebody that's an established artist that have worked towards something, but you didn't just hop up and become famous because you done, you know, pulled a stunt. Or you, you could have done I like mean? Donnie McClurkin, where he was delivered from something and then that became his testimony and his exactly. platform to help others in but that same arena. But you know what, though? I don't think Andrew thought that he would go viral when that happened. Like, I was at that service. I was supposed to be there. <laughs> I was there. You were there? I was there. Oh man, I oh. was I was I overslept <laughs> and I was supposed to be there and I didn't make it. Um and I don't think he intended to go viral, but with the number of people <laughs> that was Ooh. in that service, he was destined to get some type of attention. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's what he was looking for, and more of the attention than he was exactly. to go viral. Because there were thousands allegedly. and thousands of people, allegedly. And, and because of that, from that point forward, when I stream our services... I stop at the altar call just because of that. Honestly, you should always, any church should stop at the altar call. That's an intimate moment. Yeah. You know, when you're coming to Christ, because the thing is, and I've seen it so much in the church just growing up is when people go to the altar. Yep. Hmm, they must've been sinning. They must've been, they, they been doing X, Ooh, Y, and Z. They must've been smoking something before they came to the altar. <laughs> right. My God. Today. So people start judging and dictating why they even made it to the altar in the first place, you know, but um, I think that's an intimate moment. Well, absolutely. I think we'll put a bow on it saying that I hope no one gets beat up. Knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Jaw broken or anything. I want peace. Nose busted. <laughs> Nose busted because I'm not messing with a prize boxer. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. God bless them both. I hope they work it out amongst themselves. Um, did you guys catch Nipsey Huxle funeral? Yeah, no. So, yeah, I was in class teaching. Okay. And I got a glimpse and I was like, yeah, no, it's too long. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so horrible. Uh, rest in something, Nipsey. But, you know, rest in peace, man. Uh, I don't know. You know, I thought that it was a very nice service. Um, 
people are, you know, I was telling people that I was listening to the funeral and everything. They were like, how long is it? Three and a half hours. I'm like, that's a normal Kojic funeral. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm used to this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nothing against Kojic or Baptist or whatever, but if in some denominations, that's a normal length. Uh, For a funeral? Like For a high... Powered person, yes. Aretha was seven or eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> Aretha was. And I didn't watch all of hers either. <laughs> <laughs> they had intermission during that. Moment. Aretha Show, took a clothes break. Clothes her yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch. She her said, either. "Close this casket, baby." <laughs> like, I'm going to the boiler room real quick. Let me holler <laughs> back at y'all at about twenty. Jeez. Um, I w- I watched uh, parts of it. I didn't have time to watch all of it because I was at work. Um, and I didn't have time to uh, request off, you know, to be <laughs> in social media. No attendance. flights to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> no flights to L.A. Um, but uh, it was definitely a uh, great representation of Nip, mm-hmm. his legacy. Um, you know, each individual that got up and spoke, the ones that I did hear uh, speak, I think they all spoke um very very well and highly of him yeah, uh his girlfriend his late girlfriend lauren london she says something so powerful that nip c um i'm not gonna call him nip because i don't know him personally um but uh that nipsey uh said to her she and he she said that he told her um that uh we don't possess people we just experienced them. I saw that. I heard that. That was good. Yo, that messed me up. That messed me up. That messed me up. I was like, wow. I was like, you know what? He's speaking so much truth, and he spoke so much truth when, whenever he told her that. I didn't hear him say, you know, my cell phone or recording or anything like that. But when he said that, I was like, yo. He was like, like that, that, that was deep. Because a lot of times when we get involved with people, we think that we own them and we think that they're ours forever. But we truly belong to God. We do. We do. Like, it, we're, we're, just, we're just alone to the earth. We're alone. And thinking about it, uh, because I'm married, uh, Miss Chanel's married, uh, and people who are in either married or in a relationship, when you're building with somebody and you – have this bond with somebody, get them taken away just like that. Mm-hmm. You sit back, and I thought back and like, man, what if something like that happened to my wife or to yeah. me? How would that tear our family apart in those yep. dynamics? And we, we, we look at the tragedy and we don't really look deep into how the ripple effects from generation to generation. So this young man's going to grow up without a father and yep. then he's going to be upset and then he's going to have to build off of what his father already did. And I'm just like, over something petty and that, stupid. That was another thing that Lauren uh, said, too. She's like, what breaks her heart the most is her two-year-old son would never know how much his father loved him. Oh. Like, that messed me up, too. It was too many tear-jerking moments, mm-hmm. you know, like with that homegoing celebration. But we got to give it up for Nipsey Hussle's mom. Yeah, man. I did give it up to Nipsey's mom. That clip, that was good. She, she was good. She helped kept it together. I said, mother said they're going to get that uh, sage. And they gonna <laughs> cast out them evil spirits. She what? said she is happy. Lord. She's in a good place. I said, you know what? That is a woman of strength. Strong woman. Strong woman. Um, because if you look on the news, when someone like if you look in Milwaukee or Chicago and you mm-hmm. see someone's son taken like that, yeah, 
you see on the news the mother acting a fool, rolling yeah. on the ground, have to hold her back. But she yep. had so much, like you said, composure. Yep. Straight, very classy. Very, very poised. poised. Yes. When she spoke. Yeah. And I'm like, that had to have been God just, mm-hmm. just, just putting, you know, I know that she's probably a wreck on the inside, but just to stand in front of 20,000 people and just talk so eloquently about life and her son. Now let's shout. We we got to give Nipsey some honor because one, this dude packed out the whole Staples Staple Center. Center. Like LeBron who, couldn't even do that. Who man. does that? Come on now. Like man. that's that's legacy. President, former President Obama wrote a letter. Like, come on that's now. Dope. Like that is that it's levels to that. Yeah. And um and then he's also going down um in uh California's history for all of his um contributions uh that he made to the um you know to the uh city where he resided and um can't can't nobody I don't care uh white black purple orange blue can't nobody take away like everything that this man has did. done what he did like he 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 died an honorable death yes he did like yes, he did. it was unfortunate how it happened, but he left with great honor. And he was only thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty three. But he did so much within those thirty three years. He lived his purpose. He lived his, and that is a huge thing. Which I'm hoping a lot of young people see, especially millennials, is that it don't matter how old you are, mm-hmm. if you get in your niche and get in your lane and know what God has for you to do, you can open so many avenues for other people. Yeah. That's real. But in the same token, once you're in the lane and doing what God wants you to do, that's when the enemy tries to 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 stop what it is that God's trying. But I think his legacy is going to move forward. I think that he's going to do, you know, his family's going to do amazing things. Uh, again, I won't go into how big of a fan I was, Slawson Boy Volume 2, yeah, one of my favorite albums. But it's, it's just sad at the same time. It's encouraging to see a young man do such amazing things things so we talked about current events anything else you guys want to talk about current events you know i was thinking um when you were talking about nipsey and our young people Mm -hmm. i was sitting here thinking um there's a song that just came out with fantasia fred hammond uh bow wow and it's called be the glow okay and i'm like wow it's so relevant for this time. And basically in that song is what they're doing is saying, do what Nipsey did. Don't wait until you're an older to make a change or to make things happen, but really walk in your purpose now and be that glow. And when I was teaching my kids, we do this thing called closed reading and we listen to lyrics of songs and things like that. And when we were listening to the song, they brought up Nipsey. Okay. In the song. And so one of the kids said, hey, well, what does it mean, Ms. V, to glow? Because I keep hearing the word shine in this song. And what's the difference? And when they looked it up, shine says to be the light, right? Mm-hmm. But the glow says to be the light with heat on it. Oh, I like that. And that was pretty deep to me. I was like, wow. So what they're telling you to do is don't just shine, but put a little heat behind it. Get a little fire behind it. Get a little pizzazz behind what you're doing. Don't just do it. Do it big. If you're going to do it, do it big. And I think that's what Nipsey did. He did what he did silently 
in so many ways, but yet he did it in such a big way that it made such a major impact. And and people's lives have been changed forever in South Central Mm -hmm. on Crenshaw and Slauson because of his work. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, now I got a question um, regarding the uh, whole Nipsey hustle thing. Mm -hmm. Now, he reached a certain level of success, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he never left the community. Like, he always was presently there. He didn't just send his checks, but he was there himself. Um, Do you think that when you reach a certain level of success... Do you think that it's wise to still engage in the community that raised you when you're no longer on that um, economic status anymore? Can I be honest? Yes. I don't think you can. I don't think you can either. And the reason why I say that is because most rappers die in the city that they're from if they're if they're Mm -hmm. if there's some type of violence come against them the city that they're from the people cannot handle you i was just on the block with you now you're driving in a phantom you're you you got all this money you have all this bling i don't like you and as much as people love you and praise you whatever there's a group of people who are waiting for your demise uh i think that sending money that way occasionally showing up but i don't think it's safe for you to be implanted Mm -hmm. right in the middle of the people who you were just around you were just broke just like them and now you're a millionaire i don't think you can do that well i don't want to say i beg to differ okay but i do believe that we have to do it in a different way and it's more than us just showing up from time to time I believe that the people that you really see that make the biggest impacts are the people that have a solid presence unfortunately when I look at um, some of our larger people um, Oprah for instance she does a lot of things in silence you don't know that her hand is on and it's usually way after it's done and I, was, I, I think about even during the time when she was here in our own city, um, when her mother was really taking a turn, Oprah was here quite a bit. Yes, yeah, she was. But nobody ever knew she was here. She was on the low. Very, very, very much on the low. And she's from here. Her church she grew up in is in the middle of the hood here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the good city of Milwaukee. See, but, right. But, but at the same time, um, we don't hear of her really giving here. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when her niece was going to, I think it was King, and um, you would hear about her niece and her investing in her niece, but never really anything beyond that here. So what you see a lot of, though, when you see her hand in something, it's out of the country. It's out of the country. It's in a whole nother place. And she's all over the media doing things over there. And she's been a great philanthropist and humanitarian. But is that impact really going to impact us here? See, and I think that your statement validates our point. Because Oprah came, but that was for her mom. Like I I, mm-hmm. I I would go to the guttermost to the uttermost, right. like for my mom. For my mom. Um, but it, as it relates to giving back, 
you know, to the community, like even with her niece, it's like, okay, I'm gonna fly her to me, or I'm going to give to her financially, or I'm going to send a team, but they may not necessarily go themselves. And uh, primarily, I think it's, um, you know, not because they think they're above or anything like that, but for safety reasons. Right. Like I just don't think that it's it's no longer safe like you knew the streets before but you 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 don't know no the know streets you don't know who's plotting against you like none of that it's it's too it's too much of a threat to me but couldn't it be like that anywhere though i mean you if you don't reside here okay fine but you reside in la they still see what you do they still see the impact you make They'll get you in L.A. just as well as they'll get you back at your home. I mean, I guess when you look at Nipsey, he didn't live in fear of that. No. And even, you know, what I was reading just a little bit on um, the guy that took his life. This guy would actually have interactions with Nipsey. It wasn't like he was some strange, deranged dude off the street. This is somebody that was coming and having conversations. Talking to him. Talking to him talking to the other people around left and came back and did what he did um you know i i don't know i i just wonder cuz i've often wondered if i get big in money would i just pick up and leave from where I'm, I'm at, I'm gone. Or too, am I going deuces. to <laughs> um stay and be present and be visible and try to continue to be that humanitarian and be that philanthropist right in my own community first. But I think the difference between Nipsey and Oprah is that Nipsey was surrounding himself with people in the community who A, were former felons that did not have access to handguns or weapons who could not protect him. Um, And he was so, like you said, so relaxed in his community that Okay, I had beef with you not too long ago. Well, I've known you for 10, 15 years, and you coming up, you know, walking quick and upset. Man, I'll just talk to him in a second. He'll be cool. And then all of a sudden, his life is, is extinguished. But I think with Oprah, she's at a point of her life where she has so much security. You know, she's not going to go anywhere without security. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? She's not going to go anywhere without people that can take care of some business. I think she got that Barack Obama type security. <laughs> like, even when her sister graduated from UWM, they cleared the whole... The whole hallway? <laughs> they cleared the whole... Uh, not the hallway, but the uh, university before she stepped foot in there. And um, they even had her section where she was sitting, like, guarded. Wow. But nobody knew that she was here, though. See, an <laughs> element of surprise. But um, but right, she yeah, she came she for her way up in the risers. Yeah, I she know, was way up, probably shades and everything on, yeah. chilling. Yeah. But you know, like I said, it it, it was a uh, it was sad, but it was encouraging, and I, I'm hoping that a lot of people take the baton, keep the marathon going. Um, it's not a marathon; it's a relay. So he gave us the baton for us to keep going. So shout out Dipsy Hustle. He just changed his whole marketing strategy. (laughs) Dude said, it ain't a marathon, it's a relay. Right. (laughs) Well, Get it quick and go home. So, um, sitting here with uh, Miss Chanel and Vincent Lamar, um, I failed to mention that they are also uh, the youth pastors at my church, uh, Greater Mount Sinai. So, they are the Voltron coming together 
and forming this great thing, helping the young people of this church. Um, I appreciate them because they've been around in church for a long time, and they know something about the subject of church hurt. Um, church hurt is something that's I feel very strongly about. Um, it's something that I think everyone has faced, everyone has dealt with, but I think people deal with it differently. So my first question to both of you, is church hurt real or is it something that's made up? I think church hurt is real. You think it's real? Yep. Okay. Miss Chanel, what do you think? I think it's real. Um, yeah, it, it's pers- perspective, and but I do believe it's real. Okay. Okay, so you think it's real. All right. Do you think church hurt is real? I think it's real. I think church hurt is something that um, older saints look at it as tough love, and I had to deal with it, you got to deal with it. This is what makes you stronger while younger people are trying to figure out why are you so, why am I experiencing this? Why right. I, I just came out of the world where people treated me like a dog. Why am I in the church and people are treating me similar to where I came from? I think that's what makes church hurt real is because it's a failed expectation. And when I say a failed expectation is you expect people in the church to be more Christ light Mm -hmm. because that's not something that you're necessarily privy to, you know, out in the world. Right. So you expect there to be a difference, you know, with how people handle you Mm -hmm. and how people treat you. So when people treat you in a way that's everything other than godly, like it stings a a little different. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. Question for you guys. Just just take a roll call. You can say yay or nay. Have you ever experienced church hurt? Yay. Yay, yay. <laughs> yay. Yay? Okay. So I would say yay. Um, with that being said, you're saying expectations and different expectations. Do you think we use that as an excuse to a walk away, b not fulfill the mandate of God on our lives, or is it a legitimate reason for you to remove yourself from a church, from a ministry, from a group of people because of something that they've done to you? I think as an adult, my um, my purpose, um, the the call of God that I believe that's over my life. Uh, supersedes anything that man can ever do like one thing that no man can ever strip from me is my relationship with Christ Okay, Um, because I truly feel in my heart for God I live for God I die and that being said nobody can ever take that from me I don't care what kind of hurt whatever it is I don't care what you do to me what you say to me you know whatever the case may be my slogan forever and ever and ever will be God didn't do it you did. You did. He didn't I do like it. That. So what I'm gonna get mad at him for? I like that. But but <laughs> but it, but it's so it boggles my mind. And Miss Chanel, maybe you can help me out with this. 
let's say me and you get into an argument. You say or do something to me. Okay, instead of having beef with just you, I completely stop praying. I stop going to church. I stop doing all that stuff. Then I turn that beef over to God. How, how does that work? How does that make sense? It doesn't. And and that's what I was saying about perspective. We turn individual issues into being a church issue. Oh. And. Explore that. <laughs> yeah. So. Pastor came to me and corrected me hmm. or what he thought was correcting me because I had on, I don't know, purple fingernails, which who cares really around here, but you know, whatever. And I get upset because I didn't like the tone in which he used. Hmm. I leave and I say, this is why I don't like going to that church because they got all these rules and regulations and at the church, you know, they've done this and they don't let me just be who I am because the church and here's the problem with that. The church didn't do any of that. You had a conversation with your leader who in his mind brought correction and it's like on your job. Your supervisor comes to you and corrects you about something that you've done, right, wrong, and different, maybe accused you and you didn't do anything. You don't walk out the job and be like, I can't stay in that job because those people on that job don't let me do A, B, C, and D. I'm not coming back anymore. And I'm not coming back anymore because those people at that job, and I'm just so distraught, I'm going to walk away and lose your money and everything else that goes on. Nope, you get yourself together. And you go right back to work <laughs> and you deal with the situation at hand and you get over it and you move on right. to the next task. And I know somebody will say, well, that's just totally different. That's your job. Well, sometimes for some of us, church is our job, too. And, you know, and, and I learned from the church how to be on my job. Yeah, I've had my best training mm-hmm. in the church. So, but I think the expectation is different from the job. But why in the church? Uh, because we hold people of God to a higher standard. Like we're not supposed to be, we're supposed to live in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. You know what I mean? So it's like with how we go about doing things, we're expected. The expectation is that we conduct ourselves in a godly manner, which meaning that we should show love. Um, you know, in compassion, you know, and understanding, you know, in a lot of situations. Um, but what do you do when this is what we're taught? Because we're supposed to be Bible believers, right? Yeah. We believe all of the Bible and not some of the Bible, right? Right. So it's like that being said, aren't we supposed to uh, mirror ourselves and be Christ-like? True. Like in... But even Christ had to bring correction. No, and I'm not saying. And, 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 mm-hmm. and I know we're supposed to do everything in love. And we use this scripture, but think about it. Do you remember the temple when he got angry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he turned up. over stuff. He cut up. Mm-hmm. Now, had that happened in today's church, oh. people would have walked away and said. Call the cops. I, 
I'm not going back to that church. They flipping stuff. They doing this. They doing that. I mean, that's not how no leader is supposed to act. They're not supposed to do this. People are human. Mm-hmm. And people respond in humanistic ways. Yes, we are supposed to do things in the spirit of love. I totally agree with you. But just because you don't like my tone don't mean I didn't come to you in love. And, and, and here's the thing. The thing you said that made a lot of sense. We're all human. The, 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 the hardest lesson that I learned being in church, which my grandparents didn't teach me, my mother didn't teach me nothing, they didn't tell me that everybody in church ain't saved. That is true. Everybody in church, whether you saved or not, has issues, mm-hmm. personality disorders, conflicts, things like that. And so I'm coming in here at 17 years old like, oh, wow, everyone's going to be nice. Everyone's going to act like Mother Teresa, going to act like my mama, going to act like my grandmother, which I was harshly hit with the reality. Like, no, they're not. Yeah. And people are set up in churches, wolves in sheep's clothing, who are there to call harm. But I think it is the responsibility of the believer to guard your heart, to guard your mind, to guard your pocketbook, to guard you, guard anything from anyone that mm-hmm. will cause you to walk away from what God has for you. See, I view it like this, too. Um, at work, I require respect. Yep. At church, I require respect. With my family, I require respect. So no matter who it is that I deal with, I demand to be respected. Thank you. If you can't respect me, we will not have this conversation. I have told managers, my leaders, my superiors, can you please lower your tone when you're speaking to me? You better talk. I understand talking just well. Because what people have to understand is... um, you ain't got no kids up in here. Talk about it. <laughs> and I, about and I'm it. not one of them. And I'm not talking to you in that tone. So please don't talk to me in that tone. I've had people yelling at me and I still remain calm. I'm not going to match your energy, you know, because I'm centered and I know who I am as an individual. See, I'm petty. I match energy. All See, day. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm we all know that I have issues. So. See, I, I'm a, I, I consider myself an atmosphere changer. Okay. I'm, I'm an atmosphere shifter. You're a thermostat. I'm, I'm a thermostat on my mama. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but real talk, though. I'm not about to give you what nine times out of ten you want from me, which is a reaction. Right. But So I'm going to give you something different. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a talk to you like a, a natural human being, and we're gonna get rid of all that toxic behavior, all that raw raw stuff, all that raw raw stuff. Like, so I, I remember I said it to uh, somebody before uh, we were having a a, conver- a debate, and then uh, the individual just started yelling. Oh boy. And I said, who hurt you when you were 12 years old? <laughs> <laughs> they said, what? <laughs> I said, what? Who, I said, who hurt you when you were 12? Petty. They said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're conducting yourself as if a 12-year-old is having a temper tantrum right now. And I just want to know what traumatic event happened in your life that this took dude. you back to that place Super petty. when you this had to act like you were 12. Dude. Super petty. Petty. Come on, somebody. Super petty. We know that there's an adult way to handle situations. But I'm applauding you for saying that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm applauding you, bro. 
<laughs> you know somebody know. else that'll get to get, get you together just like that. <laughs> All right. I'm a sort of person, like you said about respect, and the big thing in which I, argue, I don't argue with folks, but I have a conversation. The stuff that was going on 50, 60 years ago, the stuff that they would say over the pulpit, and to you, you can't get away with that stuff now. Some of the some of the stuff was good, but some of the stuff was just dogmatic, ridiculous stuff. See, even then, though, when they said it back in the day, they weren't right then, and they ain't they right, right now. now. And, it, and people, and people were like, "Well, <laughs> you, you gotta uh, what, what? What do they normally say?" But um, you the, know what? You gotta they, fake it to make. You gotta eat, grin and bear. Eat the meat and spit, spit out, out the, the bones. Bone. I'm not no. No, but, not doing what's, that. but what's? Let me ask you though, because. I'm a little older than both of you all, which is really funny to me, but I'm a little older than both of you all. I came up in a church where my grandmother was the pastor. Okay. And she was that old school, old school. Mm -hmm. And she pretty much said whatever. She only stood 4'11", but she said whatever she wanted to say over the pulpit. And I guess I wonder, I did not hear much back then of church hurt mm-hmm. as I hear now. And so it often makes me wonder, though, what are the differences? Why why now do or, or does this generation say that it's church hurt? And when we were younger, my generation didn't really call it that, like, it was just stuff that happened and we would actually, and I'm going to be honest with you, I remember coming up and we would literally laugh about stuff mm-hmm. oh, man. that my grandmother would say and she would be straight snapping on like me or my sister or somebody like, and I think about the young people now, they wouldn't have made it. Like they would have just walked out and like deuces, we out of here. But for us, we would just sit and look at each other and bust out laughing like this lady is crazy. And I just wonder what has changed. See, I look at it like this. I don't consider correction church hurt. Like correction. And and that's a difference. difference. Correction is not church hurt. If my pastor rebukes me because I'm out of line, rather if I feel like I am or I'm not. Uh, that's not church hurt to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Church hurt to me is when the people in the church deny you grace. Mm. And almost as if they deny you Christ. That's because right you're not living up to what they believe. Their standard. Is their standard and to be a part of this church. And I've heard people preach over the pulpit and say, if you ain't going to get right, why don't even come? That's denying people the right to Christ. And you're only teaching, um, you you can call yourself teaching holiness, but it's like you're you're not being a disciple. It's like catch the fish, teach them about Christ, teach them, show them, but don't deny them Jesus Christ because they don't look like you, talk like you, act like you. Um, You know, and and that's what I see. And that's what... um, like when I think of church hurt, that's what's church hurt to me. Okay. And um, I agree. I, I, I totally agree yeah, with that. And I saying. totally agree with it. So it's like when I said, like, I've experienced church hurt, there's been times in my life, uh, I remember I made like a, a big mistake. It was just such a headache, so much drama, um, you know, um, in my life. And, um, you know, 
uh, someone that I confided in, I felt like pushed me away. Right. You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like it was in that moment when I felt like they pushed me away was when I began to experience, you know, what it felt like to be uh, hurt from the church. But I guess it wasn't necessarily hurt from the church. It was hurt by individuals of the church. The church. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm at is that. First of all, one thing I love about my pastor, he says. You have to before before you correct people before you do different things, um, you have to form a relationship with somebody before you start correcting people. Number one, and number two, you can't. You have to extend people grace. Absolutely, that's true. If you're not extending people grace, then what are you here for? That is true. And you know what? We need grace ourselves. Even on our best day living safe. Like we still miss the mark. You know, but um that's why I'm so intentional about giving people opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to explain themselves. Because a lot of times we fall out with one another, honestly, simply because of misunderstanding. Or miscommunication. And miscommunication. And it's like Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's let me hear your side. I'll, I'll share with side. you my side, and we might agree or we might agree to disagree. And we'll have that conversation. And we'll have that conversation. And um, I used to think I was non-confrontational, um, which I'm not. I'm I'm not. But I've learned how to approach confrontation in a, a peaceable manner. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I get to work with the lovely uh, Miss Chanel, the wonderful and um, Pastor Chanel. The beautiful thing I, that I love the most with our relationship is we have lie. a friendship. You better not lie. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, no. I'm like, and I'm sitting here on edge. Like, you better not throw me under the bus. No, um, <laughs> no, we have a friendship. Mm. And I believe that because we have a friendship and I'm her brother and she's my sister mm-hmm. and like we even just talk about regular stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even just, you know, she might call me, I might call her and we might start like mentioning something real quick about church. But then we just get off on a casual conversation mm-hmm. um, just in life in general. I appreciate that about her. And if there's ever a situation where it's like, uh, really didn't like that or this or that and the other, we can hit that, you know, subject matter and move on from there. And be done. And be done. Like, that's one thing that I love about her mm-hmm. um, is because, like, that's, like, my true sister. Because Chanel's going to tell you how she feels. She's going to say how she really Mother going to give gonna, it to you not straight. Gonna, she's going to give you straight no chaser. <laughs> no chaser. About how she But feels. you know what, though? But um, I appreciate that, though. I'm, I'm she's passionate. Grace. Hold on. I'm growing <laughs> in grace. <laughs> I am changing. But, but I, I think that's what, and, and this is the thing that I have this conflict with people, because there's people who are straight shooters, mm-hmm. and there's people who are more laid back. But I think all of those people make church interesting, make it better. That make church lit. They make church lit. I, ain't gonna I don't lie. want everybody like it's me. It's certain people I'll be waiting on them to say something crazy. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you no stories. I'll be waiting on them. I'm like, oh, man, you see Sister Such and Such? Oh, 
she oh, about she to about smoke. Win. She about to get that smoke in a minute. But that's what I appreciate. But <laughs> and, and people are like, well, you know, I'm evolving. We all evolving, but I think we God puts so a particular personalities together. Mm-hmm. He had a Peter. He had a John. He had a James. He had an Andrew. He had all these people who are f- from different walks of yep. life that changed the world. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you know. And, you know, you got to be, and this is what I'm learning, and I keep saying I'm growing in grace, but one of the things is I appreciate this about Minister Vincent as well as yourself, uh, Tyrone, about the fact that you all are confident in who you are. You're confident in your flaws. You're confident in that that you do well, and you're okay with that. And I think if a lot more of us in the church would become comfortable with who we are and oh, embrace yeah. who we are. We can grow together in grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a friend that we all know, but that's probably been her theme the last three months or so was you got to give people grace. Yeah. The same grace that you want from Christ, you have to be able to get that grace. And there's a scripture, yes, somebody says, well, people keep doing stuff. There's a scripture and I always refer to it. I believe it's in Romans and it says, how be it we continue in seeing God, God forbid does grace abound. Mm. And when you really read that passage, what he's saying is, yes, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Grace is sufficient. Mm. It's more than enough for us. And so if you take that into consideration, it will help us as leaders deal with the sheep, but it also help the sheep understand that your leaders are human. Yeah, they are. Yes. And they have thoughts. And mm-hmm. the same grace you want extended, you have to be able to give that grace to them as well. Um, and I know when I was talking before and we were having this discussion, don't be, we have to stop being slow. Yeah. That's the best Talk way for me it. to say it. Or foolish. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> foolish. Use wisdom. Yeah. Just because you get saved and you go to church and you're excited and you want to be a part of the house, sometimes we do stuff just to be accepted. And then when we get our feelings hurt, we mad. The Bible tells you to pay your tithe and your offerings. He has never told you to put your credit up for the church. Talk about it. And then get mad because they don't run your credit (laughs) in the ground. He didn't Who tell you to that? do that. Who does that? People do it all the time, and then they get angry because My Lord. <laughs> we don't have good stewards sometimes in some of these churches. We don't have good stewards, and because we don't have good stewards, um, we just we hinder. When I think about, you know, because we're not talking about, but when I think about our house, yeah. the church that we reside in, I to this day, I still think about when we went through the moment with our church building Mm -hmm. and the plea went out and said, Hey, we just need some people to step up their game. If they can, if you can, if you will, well, we, we're not telling you what to do or how to do. Just do what you can do because this is the need. And people stepped up. They did what they had to do by choice, by choice, by choice. They didn't feel guilt. They didn't feel anything, but because they wanted to, and they did. And we got to where we wanted to go. I heard my pastor say to me one day, we were just having a casual conversation. And he said, it is my goal to sow back into everybody that gave up something to help this house 
get ahead. He said, I want to give back. It was just casual conversation. And I'm looking at him like, this is how you sit around and think. Like, you really think about how to pour back into the people. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have that type of leadership. They don't. And so you have to use wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a giver. And everybody knows I will give my last. Yes, you do. I will give it. But I had to start being wise. I got married. Yep. <laughs> And your and husband looking at the checking account. Like, who you giving this? Dude? Right. Going and it's on? not just me. It's me and him. And I, I have a family. You know, we're building now. And so there's things that I have to do. So there has to be wisdom. And so I have to pray and ask God, do I do this? How much do I give? Is this the time for me to give? And then I do what I do when he tells me to do. And then that way, no, I can't hold anybody else accountable for what. I choose to do. I've never seen anybody go broke from giving, godly giving. But I do want to say this to people in church who's thinking about coming back to church. There's some things that you need to know, and I'm a, we're going straight shot, no chasing. Don't give up your credit. Don't be buying be people, you know, co-signing for people. Absolutely. Don't let people have your car, drive all the gas out, and then bring it back to your job and you're trying to figure out how to get home. Don't let people use and abuse you. And that is where the older saints, more seasoned people need to step in and talk to these younger folks. And teach. See, and I think that's where it goes back to being a good steward over what God has blessed you with. Uh, see, when you're a good steward, um, you're, you're going to be a cultivator. You're going to grow what God has given you. Um, a farmer doesn't stay in business by giving away all their seeds. You got that right. And um, you know, all their crop, but they replant it and they and they work with what God has given them mm-hmm. and they grow it and they produce and then they do it again and again and again and again and again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's how we have to be in the body of Christ. We have to be stewards of what God has blessed us with. Um, I've been a 100% tither since I was 16 working my first job at Walmart. Um, I have yet to miss a tithing payment in the 10 years that I've been in the workforce. Thanks be unto God. Glory to God. And um, I say that with great pride because... No. (laughs) Um, I say that with great pride because... um, I've experienced um, the the goodness of, of the Lord um, in ways that I could have never imagined. Um, rather, if it's, you know, been a, a loved one that's been um, sick and may have needed a healing in their body. And the doctor said, you know what, there's nothing else that we can do or a time, you know, where I may have had a need that God, you know, supplied, you know, and provided for me. Um, and that's why, you know, going back to, um, you know, the original topic at hand is church hurt. People quitting church because of what others have done to them, you know, and this, that and the other. Your re- our relationship with God is so personal. Mm-hmm. Like it is so personal that we can't afford to neglect our relationship with him because of you know what 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 somebody did to us 
And I mean, honestly, the more that we even got in on the topic of church hurt, yeah, I got me even wondering, like, does church hurt even exist hmm. anymore? Does it? Does like it? Like it? Honestly, like after we kind of talked about it, I don't think it does. I think it's an individual, <laughs> isolated yeah, situation. I think. That, that, I think that we've come, to, think? we've come to some okay, right. it's, it's an individual isolate. I have a problem with something that you did. I got a problem with you. With you. And it whether wasn't it be, with the church. It wasn't with the church. With it was with you. No matter if you're a leader, you're a lay member, or how be it, I have a problem with that specific person. But That happened in the church. But let, This is what always helped me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, chapter the 58th. I'm sorry, yeah, 15th chapter, the 58th verse. It says, Therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And one thing I learned being in church, you ain't going to punk me out of being in my church. Right. You're going to cause me, like, I'm not going anywhere unless God moves me or I want to move. People will put pressure on you because, A, they may be jealous. Mm-hmm. They may have beef with you. They may have some type of uh, insecurities about themselves. And then they're going to pass that on to you because hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. So misery loves company. They want to bring you down and, and cause you to feel the same anxieties that they may feel. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be unmovable. Unless God moves me, I'm not going anywhere. And I think when we have that mindset, church, like you said, church church won't exist to you. You'll say, okay, you got a problem with me? Then stay on that side. Mm-hmm. And until we can work this out then, or someone can mediate, you stay on that side, I'll stay on that side. We'll do what I got to do. God bless you. I love you. I hope all is well. And keep it moving. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get off my assignment. That's real. Totally. I'm not going to get off my assignment. So, real question. Yes, sir. Have any of you ever fell off of your assignment? Because of a hurt that you were feeling that you felt like came from the church. Oh, I've been so petty. I was like, I quit. Right. Absolutely. I've quit a million times. I mean, honestly, I think we all quit like every other day. Uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You better not say or do nothing that we don't like. I quit. (laughs) Can people just be honest? Right. Sometimes you just wake up like, I ain't going to go. I don't want to go through this. These folks don't like me. I don't like them. I'm working on me. Let me just go and do my own thing. Yeah, that's real. But what brings you back? How do you get past it? Chanel, what do you do? I go back to the purpose. What's my purpose? What am I here for? What is God saying to me? Because if I don't go back to the purpose, I will literally get sidetracked and just be out. And I mean... I've been so knocked off my rocker, off my game, mm-hmm. as to say that I've literally considered going back to the world. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I can do this out there. I can watch church from home. I don't even want to watch church. Yeah. Like, I just want to wild out. I'm yeah. good. You know, take a couple of shots to back and chill. Like, I'm like, this is what I'll do. And then I have to ask myself, but well, what is my purpose? Is it going to change who I am? Is it going to change what God has called me to do? Is it going to change, you know, the direction that my life is supposed to go in because I go home and pout? Okay. And so then I have to get over it. I take a moment. I step back. I breathe it out. 
but I get back in the game because it, at the end of the day, I got purpose. You got purpose. Right. That's real. What about you? Um, I'm so logical. <laughs> you think about it too much? I, I honestly just start sitting back and start asking myself a million and one questions. <laughs> Was it really worth it? What am I looking right. to accomplish? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I have handled that differently? What should I have said differently? You know what? I didn't think that through. Yep, that was on me. I need to apologize. <laughs> Let me make this <laughs> right. Make this like, right. I, that's, that's where my mind goes. Okay. Um, I can't even try to give you some deep, deep explanation. I just start logically thinking through it. Unpacking it. And unpacking the whole thing. And um, a lot of times, too, because I talk slow. Um, I recognize that. <laughs> but I'm such a... Uh, <laughs> I talk very slow. But uh, the reason, too, like I pause a lot uh, mid-sentence is I literally think before I speak. If we all did that. We'd be better off. Be no, better. like I really do. But I'm going to tell you this, though. When you tick me off, oh, oh I'm quick. Oh, boy. Yeah. That slow speech done he's, picked he's up gone. about five miles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask both of you this. Is there a particular offense that you should remove yourself from a ministry or from a group of people where you need, like, look, which, what, what you did was so egregious, I need to go elsewhere? Mm, I, I think... Um, Honestly, I think when integrity has been compromised, um, that gives me my walking papers. Um, when you are, one, give me the mission statement. And if you are out of compliance with your mission or vision statement of the house and and integrity has been compromised and you stand for everything else than what you said that you would like that's that's walking papers for me because hear me out when i say this because you're squinting your eyes at me i'm, I'm listening i'm listening <laughs> um your vision and mission statement sets the tone of what i should expect from you right mm -hmm. um any company you got core values like what do you stand for what do you represent as soon as you fall out of bounds with that and you start doing everything else and doing things that i don't stand for or that i don't necessarily support like don't tell me that you're giving to charity and then you buying bentley's yeah. you get what i'm saying yeah, and don't tell me that this is going to outreach and then you're going on vacation you you get what yeah, I'm I saying? Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. So, um, that, those types of things, it's like, okay, there's no integrity here. Like, do what you say that you're going to do, mm. or don't put it out there. I agree. I agree. What That's about, just me. That, what about you, Miss Chanel? I'm sitting here trying to really think. Like, I'm thinking really, really hard. And. I guess integrity in it. And when he mentioned it, I was thinking integrity for who, him or you. Um, because his integrity, the, whoever that person is that came after me, that's his integrity. But is it affecting me? Mm -hmm. 
and is it affecting my integrity? Right. Is it corrupting you? It, it, right. And so then, then that makes me question if I should stay or if I should walk. And I'm talking whether it's leader, member, co-worker in the ministry, whatever. Um, my mind goes back to some things that I've been through. And I haven't walked yet. For real, for real walked. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. And I've had some very difficult, very traumatic things to happen um, with my integrity in, in the sense of people lying on me and my name and sending information to our national church mm-hmm. that was just flat out lies. I didn't walk away. Right. Um, because I always believed that truth to stand. And then I had this thing, I have this air about myself that says, you'll leave before I will. So, We're going to play chicken. Yeah. Right. I'm, not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. But I had grounds, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in a marriage, you know, they tell you there's certain things you can do in a marriage, and if it happens, you have grounds to walk away. Like, that's your, your that, that your just, that's it. That's your walking papers, even according to the word, you know? Uh, there's certain things that happen in your marriage. You have right, right. if that happens to walk, but what you choose to do. Mm-hmm. See, and I and I I've, I personally have just chosen to stay because of my purpose. I left a company before um, about a year and a half ago. Um, the CEO recruited me. They offered me a signing bonus um exceeded my salary that i was currently making at the time by like ten thousand dollars and um the company lacked integrity i didn't agree with senior leadership i didn't agree with the message that they were sending across um i didn't agree with their processes so i left um, because what they said they were looking to do was the complete the opposite, opposite of what they, what they did. Right. And I took a pay cut. <laughs> right. To go someplace. <laughs> to go someplace else to maintain my peace. Right. So when I say it comes down to integrity, yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Because that's one of my personal core values. Right. Is integrity. You don't want to compromise. I don't want to compromise that. That's one of the principles that even my business is founded upon is integrity. And like because I stand on that, it's like that's like my non-negotiable. Like when you're straddling that fence, you know, uh, the company's integrity, the ministry's integrity, or even, you know, like me personally. But I, I think for me, a big one for me is I would give my walking papers if a people are being abused and mistreated, as in whether it be sexual, whether it be harassment of women, and when you when the teachings and preachings go opposite to what the word says, and you become comfortable in that, those are those are things that are non negotiable. If, if it's if it's in the word, that's what we need to go with. When you start doing and acting contrary to what the word says and trying to justify it, I think that's when the relationship needs to come to us and and we can go our separate way. But doesn't all of that fall under the umbrella and, of integrity? And that's a big thing. 
integrity, integrity. But I think integrity, in integrity, we can, people can fall. People can, Absolutely. can compromise their integrity in a moment in something. But I think if you are, if you've made a permanent compromise of that integrity, then that's where I'm, I'm done. And I think what I was saying earlier, though, that that then affects whether it's church integrity, leadership mm-hmm. integrity. It eventually is what Vince was saying to yourself is that it eventually affects your integrity because you're very part of it. Then you agree with it. you agree with it, mm-hmm. you know. So as somebody used to tell me, silence is just like saying yes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so then, in that sense, as far as personal integrity, it's affecting. It may not be done directly at me, but it's affecting me directly. I think so. See, and that's why too. Like if you look at celebrities, um, they can't speak on everything right because one it's like okay is this something that you condone do you support this i can't support somebody that agrees with x y and z abusing women or you know selling drugs and different things like that you know i can't support someone that you know does x y and z um and and that's what it that's what it all boils down to it's like what are you willing to stand for you know, um, because if you if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything, right. you know, and I believe that we all have to um, stand for something. And honestly, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit, especially since I started podcasting with uh, you, Ty, um, <laughs> is no, I have no integrity. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, you don't. No. You're being petty, Vince. No. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, like this is something that I've really been thinking about. Like even when we touch on current events mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff, I'm unbiased or try to be unbiased i have an opinion Mm -hmm. but it's like i choose to remain neutral neutral um because i don't want to make this side mad or that side mad but it's like i have an opinion you know but one thing that i'm realizing is you're gonna make some people mad in this life absolutely and honestly i'm learning and I'm getting there slowly but surely, but like some stuff you just got to shrug your shoulders to. Yeah. I've, I've spent 30 years of my life trying to make other people happy. I've spent mm-hmm. a lot, three decades of my life worried about what other people think, how they will take me. Do, are they offended? I, and don't get me wrong. I think people's feelings come into play, but I'm learning that in this road, People are going to get mad. People are going to not agree, but you mm-hmm. can't please everybody. And that's so true. Like, you can't please everybody. And there's a lot of subject matters, you know, that I would like to touch base on. And even on my social media platform, you know, but it's like I digress. You're wise, or man. it's like my fingers get will get to type in. And it's like, Vince, what are you looking to yeah. accomplish? What is the goal? What is the goal? You know, and if I can't come up with a clear and concise answer for that goal, I just delete it and just be like, whatever. And that's all. And I'll just leave it as a thought. You know, I think that takes me back to me 
everything that I do at this season is back to that old book member purpose driven life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if it's not a part of my purpose, then why, why? do it? Why? If, mm-hmm. if it's not going to take me on that journey, why do it? Yeah. You know, so it's not even, like you said, it's not worth it. It's not worth my time, my breath, my air that I breathe is just not worth it. And I know we're pretty much almost done, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at our list of stuff and I'm my brain goes back to, we kind of skipped over the whole Kimberell Fantasia thing. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's integrity. You know, some things we don't even have to comment on and then be wrong. Like, you just wrong. But when you look at Kimberell, though, um, this is becoming a common trend for her. Exactly. And it's not a good look. No, it's exactly. not. Um, her integrity has been compromised has. because of this stuff. And honestly, she's getting herself into a place where there's no return. And people are just going to be like, Hmm. Kim who? Like who? Kardashian. And what gets me wrong, all of them have beautiful voices. Absolutely. All, there's space for everybody. And, and I, I'm just trying to figure out why the hate? Like, And I, you're wrong. And you're wrong. Like, <laughs> that's the thing that, that blows my mind. I love seeing younger people outdo me, mm-hmm. exceed the things that I've done. Because guess what? If I have if I if I've had any inkling in pushing them further, I'm like, wow, that's a piece of me going further than anything that I could ever do. But a lot of older people, like a lot of people can preach better than than me or anyone else. I'm not gonna hate on you. Absolutely. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on you. I think mm-hmm. that's phenomenal when younger people, millennials especially, are expanding and growing and take things to another level. But mm-hmm. That's just downright hate to me. But you know what, though, and that's where we gotta learn our lane, and we gotta and we gotta stay in our lane, and we gotta know what we're good at, and we gotta know what we're not good at, you know. And um, it takes an honest conversation with yourself. And one thing I enjoy about having um, being co uh, youth pastors with uh, Chanel is. There's some things that I'm good at, and then there's some things that she's good at. Right. And there's some things I don't want to be bothered with <laughs> that exactly. she do. And then there's some things I want to be bothered with that, that she, she don't. But it's the perfect balance yeah. because Jordan she and Scott. I are different. You know? Kobe and Shaq. You know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, we no, just gotta... no, but for real talk, though, like, she and I are different. And that's what helps balance us out. And I love different. Oh, my mama. I love different. And, and you know, you look at this, I look at the whole Kimberell Fantasia, and, and I think about our entire topic tonight is about church hurt. And we've decided as a team that is individuals, not necessarily the church. Exactly. But we've also talked about tonight grace and being able to extend grace and if this young lady Fantasia we don't know her spiritual walk I mean we know she's grown up in the church or whatever but just say she wanted to come all the way in or if she's not all the way in but I don't know where she's at but just say you know she wanted to do something different with her career gospel wise and just go all gospel whatever you could have potentially turned this young lady 
so far off before she even got in the door. And so, again, we got to be careful what we do, what we say. Is it fulfilling any purpose? And you're wrong. Like, yeah. Get be credible. Know your information mm-hmm. before you start running your because mouth. Because honestly, to Fantasia's defense, she could say that she experienced church hurt because she got criticized by a church leader. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Publicly. 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 <laughs> Online. 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 It went viral. I'm like But I mean, that's the thing where And it, you that's a whole comparison thing. You done compared people, you done threw people. One person is already struggling with where they are spiritually and naturally. So now you done threw her in the mix. Now you this could get real nasty real and ugly. You gotta really think before quick. you speak. Please. For real. And and like um, Talk slow like Vince. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like um, I used to when I first came into church, I was very dogmatic and very harsh, and uh, I'm I'm getting better. And one thing, like God's grace, is God's grace, God's grace is sufficient. One thing I learned, um, <laughs> for an example, if if a woman had a child out of wedlock, oh, oh. God forbid, the blood. That was because he didn't tell the truth. A, a bottle just fell. Uh, like, a, a, if a woman has a child out of wet, like, I was so dogmatic, like, don't have a baby shower, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. But as I get older, I'm learning grace. Show love. Life is beautiful. A lot of women have, it, it, it takes a strong woman to come back into church having a child out of wedlock keep coming through the door. Yep. Let the people love on you. Let us help you raise this child. Let them teach us the way of the earth because that could be the next pastor. That could be the next prophet. That could be the next evangelist. Life is the greatest teacher. Yes, it is. Um, And a lot of times, a lot of people don't get humbled until they fall on their behind. You got that right. And I said, Lord, I don't want to have to fall on my behind for you to humble me, so I'm going to just stay there. Let me just stay there. (laughs) Let me just stay there. Let Let me me stay stay in a place of humility. Let me work on me. Let me get myself together because I don't have time to try to get everyone else together. I don't want to point the finger at folks. I don't want to call you going to hell. You don't. I'm working on Tyrone, and I'm working on my family, and that is enough in its own. Amen. Because the, dealing with Tyrone is is is, is, is it now? It's quite a task. Is it? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think we really examined this topic. I think that we walked it out. I think some takeaways that we can have is, number one, don't compromise your integrity. Absolutely. I think that you need to look look for integrity in leaders, but also keep that same integrity within yourself. Um, I think another one is grace. I think that was a big one that we spoke about. Grace the, is huge. The grace of God aboundeth, that it covers us, and that allows others to make make mistakes but yet come back. Shut up, Vince. He's so deep over here. But was there something else that like a takeaway that we can give to the audience from tonight? Just come to church. Yeah. Just come to God. We, that whole we've decided that church hurt is not necessarily church hurt. It's individual. Individual. And to hone in on that a little more, um, if someone has offended you and has caused you hurt, mm-hmm. 
shame, or guilt, call 1-800. Please forgive. Because Jesus is on the main line. Shut, oh, God. Shut <laughs> up, bitch. But on a real tip, um, real, for real though, uh, call them. Share with them, you know, how you're feeling. Because a lot of times they may just not know. And somebody posted something on Facebook yesterday, I believe. Um, And they said it's a shame to think that you right when you've been wrong the whole time. Yeah. And a lot of times we think we're right, but we've been wrong all along. That's right. So go to that person. They may not even realize that they've been wrong. And share your side, and share, and they're going to share their side. But get an, walk, walk and get an understanding. Fantastic. Well, I think this is going to conclude another episode of the Truth Be Told. Um, as always, I give these two an opportunity to uh, give the listeners a, a way to contact them and a way to engage with them online. <coughs> um, Miss Chanel is in ministry. She's a teacher, a speaker. Uh, she travels. And Vince Lamar, he is a clothier, which I found out the definition of that. So I'm going to start with Vince. And please get ready with your radio voice, Vince, <clears throat> of how they can get in contact with Vince Lamar. Go ahead, my brother. Thank you all for tuning in to If the Truth Be Told. So... To get in contact with Vince Lamar, you can follow me on Facebook, Vincent Mac. You can follow me on Instagram, Mr. Underscore Mac. I'm sorry, I just said that wrong. Mr. <laughs> Mac underscore. You can follow us on all social media outlets at Vince Lamar Clothier on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to get fly for any special event, go and visit our website, www.vincelamar.com. And also, if you have an upcoming wedding, prom, or any other special event, we can get you together with our tuxedo rental services. These are some tuxedos that you do not want to miss. Thank you. Boom. Boom. There we go. Oh my God. I tell you, he, he, he gets better and better every time he does that, don't he? <laughs> like a boss. Miss Chanel, how can people get in? If they want you to come and preach, give the word, do different things, how can somebody, a church, a ministry, get in contact with you, ma'am? Well, churches, ministries, community organizations, they all can contact me in several ways. First of all, feel free to go to my website, www.sdvministries.com. And that is, again, www.sdvministries.com. That's my website. It is up and running. I'm so excited about that. They can also check me out on social media. My page is Chanel Verantes. You're not going to find nobody else out there like it. Um, so it's just easy to hook me, look me up by my last name, V-R-O-N-T-E-Z. Or you can, excuse me, I forgot my name has changed. So it's Verantes Drake now. There we go. Verantes Drake, no hyphen. All right. So you can find me there. You can go on Evangelist Chanel Verantes Drake. Also, you'll find my ministry page. You can also find me on Instagram. Um, Twitter at Chairlady SDV, Chairlady SDV. So those are all of my contacts. And I am available to do speaking, uh, motivational speaking, workshops, seminars, 
uh, leadership development and training for our youth. Uh, check me out. Beautiful. Beautiful. Talk that talk. Talk that talk. That's what I'm talking about. You better call her, too, because she's dope. And Vince is okay. But... <laughs> He's so dope, man. He's dope. Vince is dope. That's why I love this brother. But like, I almost said something. You almost said something? You, you better said wait Vin, till the You back. said Vince is okay. I almost. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. Stay safe to fight. I almost said, and so is your chili that you cooked. <laughs> Yo, that's fine words, bro. Tyrone is an excellent cook. Thank you, Reverend. Well, my wife is. I just play it off like I did it. But... Like I said, another episode. You can catch us on, if the truth be told, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any place you get your podcast. We got our first international listener from Canada. Hey, hey. Word up to them in Canada. We appreciate you listening to us. Make sure that you make it to church on Sunday. And this is a podcast for those millennials, urban suburban wherever you're at trying to find god and on that note we want to say goodbye and peace